keeping you a step ahead of the changing world of business. This is Voice America Business. Welcome to The Quantum Leap Catalyst with Terry Ostroviak. In the next hour, Terry and his guests discuss how to accelerate your business success and turn possibility into certainty. So turn up your speakers and hold on. Here's your host of the Quantum Leap Catalyst, Terry Ostroviak. Good morning, everybody. This is Terry Ostroviak speaking to you from San Diego in the United States. And good day, or good morning, or good evening to people all over the world that are listening. Our guest today is going to be discussing talent in business, how to find it, how to keep it, how to maintain it, and to make sure that we do it in a costly manner. Our guest has been a human resources leader for many years here in San Diego, is a consultant and likes to think of herself as a business partner to chief executives and to chief and to the board of executives, the board of uh, executives of large and small companies. She has been a person who has been involved in strategic planning, has um, implemented all kinds of plans to do with human resources. She's worked on things like communication, business ethics, and a whole host of other things, which she'll tell us about in a moment. So I'd like you to welcome her today. Her name is Rita Sosa. Good morning, Rita. Well, good morning, Terry. Lovely to have you. <laughs> may yes, you tell us you. for a moment, for some people who may not be totally aware, what does a human resources consultant do? Well, um, often in small businesses, the um, company is so engaged in its operations um, and sales that it doesn't have a lot of time to weave the... Um, strategy of the company um, to, to cross over the strategy of the company uh, into its relationships with its employees or future employees. And uh, so that's um, really the main role of a human resources consultant to bring that piece of expertise to the, the business. So the um, people running the company can really focus on that. Okay. So it's, it's, it, from what you're saying, it sounds like there are times where uh, human resources often take, say, back seat to other urgent functions in the business. Absolutely. That's absolutely <laughs> true. What made you go into this field then? Well, um, see, it was sort of a... Um, a bit of convenience at the beginning when I first moved uh, to uh, San Diego uh, County. I had worked in Los Angeles for large employers, and when I moved here, there weren't very many. And I sought after, uh, sought out the largest employer in the area where I lived. And um, the position that they had open, that they felt I was qualified for, was entry level into human resources. So as I began to see in that corporation um, the strong role that human resources played and how it was integrated into the business, which really was my love, um, then it became a, a really good fit for me. 
And then over the years, I've been able to see how I can apply those uh, same ideas and competencies for small businesses to really help them reach their potential. Okay. So so your, your expertise really at the moment has been focused more on the small businesses than, than, than the large businesses. Uh, for the uh, for the last four years, yes, Terry. Okay, and you have fun doing that. Yes, I do. I do. Um, these are usually uh, creative people who have come up with an idea or a model for for business that is uh, is unique, and they're very passionate about what they do, and uh, um, they move very quickly. They're very nimble and flexible in in a lot of cases, and that's really thrilling to be a part of that. More so than big businesses, you think? Um, well, it's changing a little bit, I think, uh, but uh, on the whole, I, I would agree with that, yes. So it's that entrepreneurial spirit that seems to attract you then, maybe? Uh, yes, very much. Okay, and, and probably people in smaller businesses very often are in an entrepreneurial stage of development in their businesses as well, and they probably do a lot of the work themselves, don't they? Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, and they, and that's where I come in. Anybody else touch it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Tell us about that, where you come in. Well, what we try to... Um, the idea that we try to impart to small business leaders is that you need to run the business, not work the business. And that's very difficult for them because they have a vision about what they're trying to create. And um, while they've been schooled perhaps in, in marketing or in the um, manufacturing aspect of their business, they may not be really... Um, knowledgeable on how to manage people and uh, most particularly how to uh, learn to develop trust with their employees and then successfully delegate their responsibilities. And it's very, um, it's a hard thing for uh, someone to realize that they can trust um, others with their dream and that by hiring a diverse group of people with bringing different um, competencies and skills to the business that they can be more successful than if they rely on just what they come to the table with. And uh, some of those are easy conversations, but for the most part it is months and months of working with someone to make them uh, grasp this and a few you know a few wins along the way help to accelerate the process that's for sure so that's the first challenge that you've got in fact you you have to get them to accept the idea that even although they have all the passion it's possible that they could transfer some of that passion to other people and uh, and sort of weave them into the fabric of the organization yes. and, and help them yes absolutely and um Along with that goes, and when you look at a lot of small businesses, you'll see that the the, um, the core group that they hire looks, acts, and believes uh, very much like the owner. 
And I try to come in and say, look, there are gaps here in your competencies, and just because you like being around certain individuals with a communication style that's very much like yours, hard drivers, say, or, you know, that kind of thing, um, it's, it's important for me to make them realize that it takes, um, you know, all these different skills and to try to get them to... Uh, Think about recruiting in terms of not just bringing in others that they will enjoy working with that look and behave just like them, but to reach out for to fill these gaps in the management team's um, you know uh, skill set. Right, and in addition to that, to make sure that the people that do come into the business feel as though they're not on the outside looking in, that they really are part of the of the team. I Precisely. Precisely. Yes. It's very hard to, to yeah. break in if uh, you don't feel that acceptance, and that's so much a part of why when we talk about retention, why employees stay. They, this sense of belonging is an extremely strong uh, motivator, and really successful companies, large and small, know how to create that sense of belonging among their, uh, their employees. Very important. Yeah, that's an amazing thing, actually. I recently uh, I had a guest on the show who worked for a large bank in the Netherlands, and she was telling me how most of her colleagues were just dying to uh, to hear the five o'clock bell <laughs> to say that work is <laughs> finished and they can go out and do the things that they really wanted to be doing. And and uh, what a waste of of human talent. <laughs> Yes. To have people feel that, that that all the excitement is outside of the job when, in fact, if somebody just took the trouble to nip them into the organization, uh, they could get those feelings of passion and, the, and, the, and, those, and those, those highs that come from doing a good job and feel really excited about what they were involved in. Exactly. And she, and she was very sad as she discussed this with me. But so I think, uh, you know, later on in the show today, that's one of the things, the retention part, we, we should talk about. Um, Very good. And yeah, I think that would be a vital element of it. But the area that you, uh, you know, that you've, you're focusing on today with me is, and, and with this show, to, is that we, we're, we're talking about how do we hire this talent? Um, how do we make? How do we recruit them? In fact, where do small businesses even begin to find people that will fit into their organisations and be part of the, the fabric of the organisation? Yes. Well, it's it's. Um Difficult, and I think the um, electronic uh, technology that we all use today has uh, uh, complicated uh, matters somewhat. I've worked with a lot of small businesses who uh, need, say, um, uh, construction companies that I've worked with need an estimator, and they put an ad out on Monster.com. Well, this is. Not very expensive, true, and it casts a wide net, true, but it is not uh, very efficient. So uh, most of what I talk about today will draw um, your listeners uh, and hopefully small business people out there back to what is the strategy of their business. And by that I mean really understanding the industry that they're in, who their competitors are, are and what are the different threats to their business. And once they really understand where they're headed 
and um, what the external um, environment is for their business, they can look at that external uh, environment as a source of employees, number one. I mean, right. competitors are always a great, uh, a great source of experienced uh, people. And I don't see small businesses doing that so much. They're very internally focused, and that right. does not help. In Marisa, the that's what process. we need to be talking about. We're going to go into a break now for just a few moments. For the listeners, please listen in this morning or this afternoon or this evening, depending on where you are, and uh, come back with us, and we'll talk about how do we find this talent and how do we pinpoint them and how do we recruit them. Uh, that's the part we're in. Hi, everybody. We're talking to Rita Sosa today, who is a human resources consultant specializing in small businesses. Uh, she also talks about herself as a business partner, and I think that's a beautiful way to position herself because it means that she partners with the organization. She doesn't take over anything, and she's not necessarily a full-time employee in an organization, which is also useful. Um, Rita, we were talking about how do we – well, in fact, before we, we talk about how do we actually recruit talent, even for small businesses, what is the case for recruiting talent? Why do we need to even do that when we've got a small business, small family business, let's say? Well, um, certainly we don't want to add people uh, just for the, for the sake of doing that, but we once the um, – people running the company understand where their competencies lie, they want to look uh, for those who can fill in those gaps. For instance, someone who is very technically savvy uh, in their product that they have been able to, be to develop. It may be um, a wonderful new product that fits the needs of a lot of, of uh, consumers out there but they may not have the expertise in marketing or even have the personality which allows them to um, give a good sales pitch. And they may need to go outside to find those uh, skills. A lot of small businesses think uh, solely in terms of hiring a full-time employee, which can, can be a drag on a small business uh, financially, but often... They can, if they think a little more creatively or if they have a, a human resources professional that can uh, give them advice, they can think of more creative ways to bring in these types of, this type of talent into the business. Um, some examples of how you mean. Well, somebody I, that's not full time necessarily. Not yes, normally, somebody on, that's on, not full time. I, I think the, um, the environment for small businesses actually is really exciting right now with the graying of, of America and all the baby boomers who are going to be um, available uh, for work after retirement. Um, there are a lot of these people who have entered retirement um, who have great expertise in these different areas who could uh, add to the small business um, uh, capabilities with only a few hours a week. And a lot of small businesses don't take advantage of all of the wonderful programs that the federal and state governments offer through the Small Business Administration 
different consultants that are available through the different regional centers. It's quite amazing the, uh, the people that are that are out there uh, willing to help at uh, a much subsidized uh, fee rate. Uh, subsidized by the federal and sometimes state governments as well. Right. So we often profile people that will be there for the long term and we, we think of them in the traditional way and you're saying look outside of the traditional box and look for people that may have tremendous experience and have availability maybe just for a few hours. That's great. Yes. Okay. So how do you go about getting people like this? I mean, you, you mentioned the areas that you'll go, but what would, what would we have to do? What are some of the steps involved? Well, I'm, I go back again to um, the business really developing its own strategy, and part of that is understanding their industry, the economic trends present in the you know currently and over the next few years. What are the substitutes for their products? Who are their competitive? You know, what represents competitive threat? to them, and to really developing a more external focus. And by that, I mean participating in Chamber of Commerce meetings, different uh, trade organizations, being out there in the community and and understanding more what their resources are in their uh, immediate Industries, or uh, you know, sort of geographically, in terms of the labor pool. Are you um, saying that a lot of small businesses operate in a vacuum and don't know about the resources outside? And if they did that, then more opportunities and more talent would would suddenly appear. Absolutely, and suddenly uh, appear sounds uh, sort of as magical, but yeah, indeed it is just that. It is almost magical that one, when one puts themselves out there a little more in the community and isn't just burying their head in, um, you know, how many widgets are we uh, okay. producing this week. Uh, it is, the results are often magical. And these, and these events are generally outside of business hours. I mean, a lot of, a lot of times, aren't they? Uh, yes, they are. But they can so it doesn't be, necessarily uh, have to take up strategic working time. Correct, correct. It can be. Okay. It's very can be very uh, manageable. I'm thinking internationally as well, Rita, because we have a, a large listenership all over the world, in mm-hmm. Europe, in Asia, in the Middle East, um, just just about everywhere. I've, I've had emails and calls from people all over, and so I'm thinking about it also from their perspective. And I know these resources are available all over the world. It's yes. not just here in the United States. Okay, so then what do we do? So we've got, uh, we start making ourselves more visible as, as one of the steps, and we start finding out what's going on in the community. Then what? Well, I think then uh, it might be uh, prudent at that time to take a little um, harder look inward. So I'm, I'm uh, not talking out of the both both sides of my mouth, but, but um, once we we can have a little more of an external focus and see what other companies are doing. Sometimes that gives us a broader base with which to do some self-assessment. So we come back then and look at ourselves and and think about what it is we're planning. So is it is it growth? If if um, growth by ten percent um, 
over the next two years or 20% is our goal. How are we going to get there and what are the competencies that are going to allow us to, to do that? Now, the and moment we talk about competencies, then we need somebody that's competent to tell us how to Well, sometimes that's required, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, sometimes that is required, yes. But we, we, we start to break it down then exactly how are we going to achieve that growth. Is it um, is our distribution channel weak? And do we understand the talent within the organization now, how to navigate that or, or to identify uh, different distribution channels or break into channels we haven't used before? And if we don't have that capability within, that is going to be something that will stop us from achieving our goal. So that's that's a lot of it, sort of breaking down what is going to be needed, not necessarily positions and titles, but the actual industry connections or the technical expertise that will allow for those uh, things to, to happen. And then we start maybe thinking about job titles and job descriptions and precise duties. But really we're right. talking about... Yeah. Uh, so from an entrepreneur's point of view in a small business, uh, we, we, have to, we have to recognize that there are gaps in the way that we do operate and not think that we can do everything on our own. I know a lot of entrepreneurial people feel that, uh, that they can do just about anything. All they've got to do is get on the Internet, um, pick up all the answers that they want from there, or, on the other hand, they, they will work out a plan. They'll, they'll, work, they'll, they'll find out how, how, to, how to resolve these issues and try to do everything. And if they can't do it during working hours, they'll do it after working hours, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, in fact, what you're saying is that, this, that, that, that people with those competencies, meaning people have skills, I suppose, that, um, that we don't have. Yes. And they can, they can make a huge impact on our business very quickly. That's what yes, they can. Right. Yes. And, and, if, we don't, and if we don't do it, and if we don't do it, I, I'd like to come to that side of it, the other side of the coin. What happens if we don't do that and we just continue trying to do it all on our own? Well, um, first of all, we can have heart attacks and, <laughs> and things like that. <laughs> that's, yeah. uh, that's obvious. But um, I, I think what, what happens is that we, you know, to, to make a, a business yeah. really successful, right. it takes so many, uh, so many elements. And um, right. I'm going to stop there because okay. we're going to have a break right now, and then after the break we'll talk about what some of these elements are and what kind of people we need and how do we go about it. So let's take a break now, and we'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. Hi everybody, this is Terry Ostroviak. We're talking with Rita Sosa, who is a human resources consultant, works specifically at the moment with small businesses and helps them to find talent and to implement uh, a, a system or an environment that helps uh, new talent to, to break into, uh, into a new organization, helps, helps the managers to be able to utilize them effectively. If you have any comments, today and you want to voice an opinion or to ask a question, please feel free to do that. Just dial one 233 7861 and call in. Or you 
can even send an email while we're having this discussion today at terry at qlcats.com. Q for quantum, L for leap, cat for catalyst, quantumleapcatalyst.com, or qlcats to make it easier.com. And uh, I'll try to answer those questions during the period that we're talking with Rita. Rita, we're talking about the fact that bosses, um, heads of companies, small companies, sometimes are very reluctant to let their baby loose into the hands of somebody that's not as highly qualified as they are. Yes. Let's talk about that. Give me an example of what happens. Well, um, I'll give you an example. After um, working with a uh, small business leader and uh, convincing him that he did need to uh, add some skill sets and some industry experience that he did not have himself, he needed to, to add um, an individual to the, uh, the management team. He did that, and uh, we, through a series of contacting all of the different stakeholders in his business, identified a wonderful person who uh, was just right, uh, got them into the organization, and indeed they they left within six months because the um, the president of the company, while at first acknowledging that uh, he was lacking in in certain um, skills and experience, did not let this new person he couldn't delegate to to the new person and began to withhold more and more information from that person, uh, and it got to the point where they just didn't have his trust. They knew it. Uh, they did not feel appreciated for um, uh, the knowledge that they had and uh, became very frustrated and, and left in six months. So it was an expensive mistake on his part. Yes. So it's one thing to hire talented people with industry experience. It's another thing to ensure that they get integrated into the organization. And so probably some work needed to be done with the president show him how to do that, and I'm sure that you would do a lot of that kind of work. You would help them through that process, and I certainly work on that as well. Uh, yes, that's, I understand that some of what you do, yeah, getting yes. help, you know, it's actually a skill to be able yes. to delegate, and to delegate yes. the right things and the right quantity of things, and and to establish your method of of uh, following up and, and monitoring um you know the progress and that kind of thing with without uh, trying to impose yourself too much on that individual it's, it's really a skill right and in our show today we talked about the need to have talents being recruited into the organization and you said that that's a huge advantage in a labor force today that is kind of limited and and yes. that's a costly exercise sometimes so yes, how do we go about that what do we Well, what I think is very important for small businesses is, again, um, having a more of an external focus. Who are all the people that make this small business successful? You have yeah. suppliers. You have customers. Um, you have uh, different uh, associations that, that you belong to um, in, in your industry. And I think that uh, word of mouth to 
um, well, let's say, precisely defining what it is you are looking for in an individual right. to join your company, and then effectively communicating that to all of the stakeholders, including right. your employees who have friends, who have friends, who have friends. <laughs> Most right. of us, in, you know, in small businesses, you're not able to recruit outside of your geography. So you're looking for people in the community with these particular skills rather than a job title. Let's talk about what are we looking for these people to bring to the company. And that word of mouth is um, very, very effective. Um, and, and so just as people looking for work have found that networking in this way, um, is much more effective in finding good jobs where they fit really well rather than just responding to, um, you know, the uh, uh, Internet ads, uh, monster.com, et cetera. Those, those can work, but really good fits often are um, uncovered on a much more personal level. Right. It, it gives me an idea as well that, uh, that this talent searching exercise is really a key result area in a small business's arsenal to make sure that these are some of the things that they just have to do that are going to make a difference to the longevity and sustainability of an organization. If they don't do that, they're just going to remain exactly where they are. Yes, yes. I mean, it's, it's difficult to grow when you're yes. relying just on a certain um, you know, capacity of experience and ability to think outside the box and, right. and all of that. It's, it's um, extremely difficult to grow. Certainly there are the examples of those who have been able to, to do so. But so gener generally speaking... Go ahead. Sorry, tell, me, tell us a little bit about what you do as a human resources person in this area. You've told us what the business needs. What do you do as part of that exercise? Well, um, often I'm brought in by not the tiny companies with, you know, only five employees, but more in the sort of 50-employee uh, range where they, uh, the company cannot really afford to have a human resources professional in-house, but they need some, some advice either to the president, the management team, or to... But you to do sometimes work with small businesses with just two or three or four or five people, don't you? Um, yes, I, I have, but it's uh, yeah. more, more common to be a more little, larger, a little larger bit larger. Right. Yeah. And uh, what I, the way I uh, approach it, unless there's a very specific problem that, that has been brought to me, is really to get to know the, uh, the employee base and how, it, how are they feeling about working there as opposed to what the owners may think. Because as you mentioned earlier, if you can get all of these people, whether that be five or 25, aligned in the same direction with a passion for the product and the business itself, this is more powerful than what any business owner can do on their own. Right. So I, I start with the, with the employees and really talking to them. You know, I remember many years ago when I was running a small business in South Africa, um, I had about uh, 15 or 16 people working in my operation mm -hmm. at that time. And I remember a consultant coming in and saying to me, you know, Terry, you're a very private thinker. Mm -hmm. I said, isn't everybody a private thinker? I mean, we don't <laughs> think aloud. 
<laughs> so she said to me, well, what I mean by that is, if you've got an idea in your mind, you sit and mull it over for maybe days or weeks or hours on your own, and when you think you've got a reasonable solution, it's only at that point that you start telling your key people around you what you've got in mind. And uh, maybe, and you're very good, as she said, at, at persuading people that that is a good idea, and so they all get enthused about it and start working on it. But the problem with it is that they're only starting to work on the on the implementation of your plan. Wow, yeah. that was like a slap in the face for me when I suddenly understood that. And she said, you know, you've got people with talent in your business that you're not even using effectively. And I said, tell me about that. And she said, for instance, you've got a woman that works with you that is a wonderful alternative thinker mm-hmm. and will come up with a lot of other kinds of ideas for, for, for achieving that result that you've got in mind. If you went to her earlier on in the process, and started to share the idea right from the initial uh, seed uh, period, rather than when you had already worked out the plan, that would make a huge difference to your business. Absolutely, absolutely. And and I started to do that, and I must say, there were all kinds of possible alternative ways of doing this and and, and ways of, of, of achieving that result, and sometimes... She would say to me, "That's a lousy idea, Terry." And I, if I couldn't sell her on it, I knew I couldn't sell anybody on it. But it added a whole new creative element to my thinking and planning and strategy for the future, and took a lot of pressure, strain, and stress off me because I now had a, a, a really high-level employee—not employee, but colleague—working yeah. with me, and I tried, started to treat her like. Uh, like she really was part of the management team instead of just an employee. That made a huge difference. So I there was the talent right under my nose, and I didn't know how to implement it. I didn't know how to how to utilize it effectively. Exactly. But I'm sure that's what you do, Rita. You help management to see what they've got. Well, yes, that's and that's really part of it. And and to um, <clears throat> and so hiring consultants um, sometimes just gives you huge breakthrough um, events like what you're talking about right there. And they may right. come in and only spend a few hours with you and create a, a, a big difference. I, I think your your example is so good. And another one I'd like to throw out there is that small business... Let's hand. leave it till just after the break. We're going to oh, have a sure. break right now. Okay. <laughs> and we'll think about that one. <laughs> Very in the, good. In the last part of the show, I'd love to hear about how we utilize that and what difference it makes and especially the breakthrough part of it. So let's go into the break right now, and we'll be back in a while. If you've got any questions, folks, please call in. Either email or call in, phone in. Speak to you soon. Hi, everybody. This is Terry Ostroviak. We're going into the last part of our show today. We're talking with Rita Sosa, who's a human resources specialist and specializes in attracting talent to the business, especially where there are gaps. So in the next few moments, she's going to help us to wrap up what we talked about so far and talk about what are some of the steps that we need to go through to make some of these things happen. What are they? (laughs) Okay. Well, I think, um, first of all, number one, we want to start out with actually putting pen to paper and writing out what is our plan for this business for the next few years. And that's a difficult uh, I know to do, but it, it is essential in attracting the right people to your business. And once you've done that, you can look at 
the talent experience and the relationships that exist inside the business today, and then you can identify the gaps. And so we look at the as-is situation and say, this is what we've got right now. Yes. What's missing, right? Exactly. And then rather than looking at, in a very small business, a uh, hiring um, uh, opportunity as a discrete activity, we might start looking at it as more of putting out the idea in our community, this external um, um, environment, um, letting people know what we are looking for rather than, again, not just a job title, but what kinds of skills are we looking for? And we talk to our suppliers about that. We talk to our customers about that. We talk to our employees about that. Give and, an example of what some of those skills might be, Rita, like things like what? Just so uh, that it's clear in our minds. Relationships with a certain types of suppliers or competent, for instance, if you're beginning, you, you know that your industry is beginning to source from South Korea. Yes. Do you have any expertise in, in that area? And, and you uh, may not. So, so, so then we very, start talking very about it. And we ask people in the industries about, do they know how you would resolve something like that? Yes, and they say, okay. no, no, I, I don't, but I do have a friend who who has done that for some years. Let's talk to that friend. And then the friend identifies someone who might be uh, of interest on a full or part-time basis for your company. So it's, it's a much broader uh, conversation that will result in really good fits for your organization. Right, yes. So it actually indicates in a way that it's, uh, that entrepreneurial people are, like I was saying earlier, are very private and they don't like to talk about stuff like this. But you're saying that we really do need to share those ideas with other people out there. We need to be more communicative what's, about what's missing and not think of ourselves as being vulnerable in doing that. Absolutely. Because people who do that, um, who do talk about, you know, what the, what their needs are and that kind of thing, yes. are viewed normally not as vulnerable, but people with a lot of self-confidence about their business, really rational thinkers. Right. And it's the, a paradox, the, isn't it? Yes, <laughs> it really is. Being vulnerable when, in fact, it shows tremendous strength to be able to do that. It does, and that um, okay. viewpoint of your business as, and you as a business leader, as a very strong person who understands where, what they're good at and what they're not, uh, that gets that message gets out in your competitive community with your customers yes. and your and your neighbors. It really does. I mean, it's it's not even a problem if the competitors know that you have a weakness in maybe wanting to recruit from Asia talk to suppliers and you need somebody to be able to do that? Well, uh... Do understand the culture, for instance? No, I don't think so, because I think the very person that you may be looking for that will best suit your need will very likely come from a competitor. <laughs> so while it might feel very vulnerable, I right. think it's the right thing to do. Come from a power of strength. Okay. Uh, from a position of strength, rather. Well, I think that's a huge breakthrough just in our discussion today also to, to recognize that the entrepreneurs who make these decisions, the leaders of business, need to understand that that really is a vital element of the process. Yeah. 
Right, what's the next step after that, once we've, uh, once we've identified maybe a couple of people that might be potentials? Right, well then, of course, you, you want to, to get to, to know them, uh, spending some time with them, I think, um, more than just a, a one-hour interview, I think is very important. I think having right. some dinner meetings and things like that to, re- to really get to understand what they're, they're about. Yes. Um, and uh, the main thing that I think uh, that small businesses do, because they don't have the interviewing skills right. that other large companies are trained in, they spend a lot of time talking themselves, <laughs> talking about how great their organization is, and they don't let the interviewee really speak. Oh, boy. Yeah. A, that's a really bad one. I've seen that happen a few times. Yes, it happens all, all of the time. And uh, it puts off the interviewee uh, quite a bit because they're saying, well, this is a great company. Yes, I'm interested, but, gosh, they don't really seem very interested in me and what I bring to the, the table. And that can be kind of a foreshadowing event for so the rest of say, their let employment. Me t- let, me, let me tell you how great I am, and, and you certainly will come and join us because of that. Exactly, exactly, and that's what happens so much. So what we want to do in these interview situations is we want to propose situations or ask about how the individual has handled situations so that we can understand how they approach problems and how they may be able to bring a problem-solving expertise into our organization that we don't have. Good. And, and then, so these, uh, you know, setting up these examples of how would you, how have right. you handled the most difficult customer you've ever had? Tell right. us about that. Right. You know. Right, rather than just talking generally. Good. Yes, yes. And then finally, what's the last steps in the process? Well, finally, um, I sort of liken this to how uh, companies um Really try try or ignore um, what their customers need. We want to. It's, it's a very sad state, I, I think. Although people are beginning to turn that around a little bit, but um, I think we want to look at our employees as sort of why should they invest their skills, their education, their precious time in our company. What is it that we are going to give them that is going to make that worthwhile for them? And to be a, um, much more creative than you're going to start work at 9 and you're going to end work at 5. So what, is what, the, what does the interviewer have to do there? Well, um, you, you talk about express your, your interest and, and what would be the perfect uh, scenario for you. I mean, you know, what goals uh, do you have? What, what are some important things that you want in your life? You, you'd ask those kind of questions. Exactly. And then exactly. see whether they fit in with what we've got in mind for you. Yes, and then a next and conversation may be, you know, based on the things that you said you want out of life. Uh, we've come up with um, an idea about your your work schedule here or the, the pro- type of projects you'd be involved with. Uh, that we think suits, how does that sound to you? And have it, um, uh, you know, a, a broader right. conversation. And I think Peter, that... That's, that's been very, very helpful. I, we, we just need to wrap it up right now. I think okay. you've given us uh, a great, 
get some great ideas on it. Let's just quickly just do a quick summary on it. First thing would be to set the strategy. The first thing is to have your plan, to know what right. the plan is for your business, right. to two. identify the skills and experience and industry relationships that are needed to execute that plan. And? To look internally to see what what yes. skills, etc., are available within. And then finally? And then finally develop a, a list, if you will, of what skills you're going to have to bring into the business. And then just go ahead and do it. Rita, you've been extremely valuable to us today and helped us to highlight and analyze what some of the steps are that we need to take. And I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurial people out there would love to uh, would love to sort of go through that process themselves. Don't really know how to do that. So if they want to contact you or talk with me about it, please just go to my website qlcats.com and write into uh, Terry at qlcat as well. That would be very important. Thank you very uh, much for having me. Up, thank you so much for being with us today. I enjoyed it very today. much. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. Bye. See you next week, everybody.